Alright, do you ever leave Yelp reviews? No. But I love to read the Yelp reviews. So I only review on Yelp when I'm like really mad about something. If I don't like something, I feel like I don't need to waste my energy. So I've threatened to leave Yelp review once. I just think that like everyone who writes Yelp reviews works for like the competitor. I've gotten like a lot of free meals from restaurants. I only review if it's really good or really bad. So I use a different app. Find me gluten-free. I opened Yelp to find a good restaurant while on a business trip and they roasted me saying that it was a very American thing. Hello, welcome to Why'd You Push That Button, a show where Ashley Carmen, hello, and Caitlin Tiffany, that's me, talk about all of the tiny tech decisions that influence our lives. What are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about reviews. We're kind of talking about Yelp reviews, very specifically, but you know, you can extrapolate and do reviews as a whole, food reviews, restaurant reviews, anything where you're prompted to just like tap a little star rating. Yeah. Rate humans, rate places, mm-hmm. rate your nail salon mm-hmm. that hasn't been cleaned in 10 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. All those good things. Yeah. We have been talking about it. I feel like we actually are kind of like on the same side Yeah, for this one where it's like reviewing stuff feels really douchey. <laughs> I always give a five-star review no matter what happens to me in an Uber. I mean, unless I was like violently harangued or something, I would automatically give a five-star review because you're messing with people's lives. You're messing with their ability to feed their families if you don't. Yeah, I'm the same way with Uber reviews. I've only left positive ones, I think. I mean, I can't remember a time I left a negative one, but I think it's because we know about Uber as like this dark, evil company yeah and we know how drivers get treated yeah i'm like the least i can do is give you five stars before automated self-driving cars take your job yeah that's fair but i would also never leave a negative review of a restaurant even if i didn't think it was that good because it's like i don't know it's not really any skin off my nose to just not go there again and it doesn't really offend me to think of like some other brooklynite going into the bad diner on my block and wasting eight dollars so i don't think i've told you guys this but i have left a yelp review a and, negative one? Yeah, I think it was three stars. <gasps> Let me look at it. Hold on. So it was my friend Colin's birthday, mm-hmm. and we went to this place, Public Kitchen, which is like this trendy spot in the city. I'm looking at my review right now, and <laughs> I cannot believe I spent this much time on it. I had pictures. I gave it four stars, but I really, because I felt guilty, I gave it four stars. I, I felt like three was too low, but I did have a bad time. Okay. As I write in my review... This is a good story. Colin's wallet fell out on the subway. I didn't write this part. Colin's wallet fell out on the subway. Okay. And then some random stranger found the wallet and was able to message him on Facebook because they had his ID. So Colin was like, F, I need to go get my wallet. But this place, you can't get a reservation. So we had reservations exactly at three. So Chris and I went in while Colin went to go get his wallet. And we're like, hey, the birthday boy's wallet got like, like is lost. We're going to come in, sit down. But like he's coming. And, like, just so you know, um, the kitchen closes at 3.15, and our reservation was at 3. And we're like, why do you take reservations at 3 o'clock if the kitchen closes in 15 minutes after that? Like, what the, f- yeah. what the hell? Anyway, the whole reason we end up going to this restaurant is because Colin was really excited about some smoked salmon dish. This is our lives, okay? Yeah. So I knew. I was like, this is what <laughs> I need to order is the smoked salmon dish because I knew he was excited. And they go, oh, yeah, sorry. This is their signature dish. The whole okay. restaurant's signature dish okay, for brunch. Okay, okay, okay. They're out of smoked salmon dish. While the kitchen closes sign- in 15 minutes, Okay, actually. it was a Saturday. You have a whole weekend ahead of you, a whole week. This is your signature dish. You think that they get a week's supply of salmon at a time? Locks you want to eat a week while. old salmon? Locks last a while. All I'm saying is this is your signature dish. <laughs> okay, if no- okay. everything else runs out, you should have your Instagram dish. At all times, oh, is what boy. I'm saying. That's a whole other episode, I think. Oh, it totally is. 
Instagram dish anyway. Oh, as I write, the food itself was good, as was the presentation. I particularly like the tartare, although it isn't a unique dish. I also thought the dumplings were perfectly done. The truffle pizza, however, was way, way too rich. I got a stomachache from one slice. <laughs> that sounds like it's just a review of, like, your delicate body's interactions with certain oils. But, okay. <laughs> we had five dishes sitting in front of us before Colin got back because they were trying to close the kitchen. So all our dishes got cold. And well, we spent, like, $150. But I still give them four stars because I'm too nice. Listen, I'm going to just say to anybody listening to this episode to just go back and, like, give Ashley a chance. Listen to some previous episodes where she tells anecdotes that don't make her come off quite the way that she is. I gave four stars. The, the anecdote here is that <laughs> we're right. I can't be mean on a review, even though I wanted to be. Okay. okay. I tried on the food reviewer hat, and I liked it. No, I'd say your review is fair. I can't leave your a review is fair. Yeah, if you're spending $130, goddamn, have the lox dish. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, great. Let's get into the interviews, I think. Okay. Um, so, Caitlin, you talked to a food reviewer, correct? Yes. I talked to Dominique Tubbs, a Yelp Elite member. I think I had 60 reviews underneath my belt when I finally became elite. VIP yeah. on the internet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Her life sounds simultaneously very stressful and also magical. The benefits of being Yelp Elite is going to, like, those events three to four times out of the month. And then, obviously, the boat cruise, which is really kick-ass. She is essentially became a Yelp Elite member just by like doing a lot of reviews and then nominating herself. I was traveling for a job, so I was like living in a different state every month for like 30 days. So I heavily relied on Yelp to find out where do I get my nails done? Uh, where do I go get dinner? Who has the bomb happy hour? So that is where like I felt like I was giving back by like reviewing. She reviews stuff all the time all over New York. It's like her main hobby. Everybody knows to go to Dominique for advice about restaurants. People trust my reviews because I think I'm so in-depth. I tell you about the service. I tell you about the food. I tell you about the ambiance. I tell you, like, why you would go there, who you would go there with. But it sounds like a lot of work. She was saying that sometimes when she doesn't have time or money to go to a new restaurant, she'll just review, like, Target to keep her review count up. One time I reviewed, like, a subway stop. I was like, I need a review for the week. Let's talk about this subway stop. <laughs> Which actually I think is cool. I actually thought briefly about starting a Yelp account that was just a review of every subway station in New York. I think that would be kind of fun to yeah. read. Yeah, I review everything, I'll tell you. I reviewed a bodega. We asked her kind of like, why do you do this? How do you feel about it? And she said she thinks she's performing a public good. I leave Yelp reviews because I feel like we all work really hard for our money. So I don't want you to go to an establishment and waste your hard-earned money. I want you to know what the experience is like before you go. Has she ever left a bad review? Yeah. <laughs> this was my favorite part of the interview because it was so specific and also so mean. <laughs> she said one of her first Yelp reviews was a bad review and it was for a gas station in Missouri. It was petty. Like they were out of sunflower seeds. Fair. I mean, I guess it's like the same as your complaint. Like a fancy restaurant needs to have its Instagram dish. A gas station needs to have sunflower seeds. <laughs> I don't think I Yelped for like three years after that. And then she was also talking about how she went to this fancy restaurant on the Upper West Side that's like very 
like you said, very trendy, very hip, and the service was really bad and the people were really rude. So I literally left like a bad review. And customer service is like the biggest part of a dining experience. The manager reached out to me and was like, please come back for a better experience. You want me to reach out to you, schedule a time that I'm going to come, and you're going to give me this amazing experience? No, you should have got it right the first time. I think she's actually a dedicated civil servant who also happens to enjoy maybe a free party on a cruise ship. <laughs> Which like, okay. She's human. Fair. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all just struggling to find the meager perks available to us in this grubby city this pile of dirt towers. But at the same time, like I try to always take the emotion out of it and try to just state the facts. It was interesting to talk to her. She said the community is really strong in Yelp. They really actually want each borough of Yelp elite to know each other. Like That's she, crazy. Yeah, and be friends and like talk about food, talk about local businesses. Just imagine Seems if cool. I had left more than one Yelp review, I could be a Yelp elite. Yeah, you could still be. There's still time for you. It scares me. What if I didn't get approved? Well, you would just keep trying, you know? Anyway. I don't hand over rejection well. Who did you talk to, Ashley? So I interviewed a guy named Benham who owns a restaurant in my neighborhood. We think we're leaving reviews on food, but the reviews we leave are actually food for these artificial intelligence technologies to grow and are staging a global takeover. Benham's a thinker, you know? He really has thoughts. Possibly eliminating, you know, the uh, humanity of our species. He is very zen about Yelp. If someone believes they had an experience where they wanted to talk about it, I'm not going to weigh in or fight back. I'm not here to be on the fence, you know. I'd like to just respond with action. Although he's definitely read the Yelp page and has processed it and has some feels, angry feels. The latest review is a one-star review for someone who got delivery. They were like, flavor was great, burger was cooked great, but was too small. I won't be going back. One star. That is ridiculous. Well, that's like when people, when I'm like, I don't care about commenters. And then like once a week I Google, I like search my name in Reddit. Yeah, yeah no, like, it's true. It's like a hate read. It's fun. It, like, ooh, yeah. it's like a, I love it too. I read the YouTube comments way too often. Mm -hmm. So he says though that he's never had to like reprimand a staff member because of a Yelp review. Early on in the process, I talked to a staff member about someone just felt they had like a bad attitude. And uh, I talked to the member of my team, which was just like, yo, I am born and raised in New York City. I just have an attitude. And I was like, oh yeah. And that is why I, I love you, so whatever. But he has said that if they did some horrible stuff, let's say, he would obviously take that seriously. Did he give an example of something that he, like, changed based on a Yelp review? He has changed portion size. When we first opened, we didn't offer fries with burgers. But the general consensus was that, like, what kind of restaurant doesn't give fries with their burgers? They must be monsters. So we started to offer fries with the burgers. And that was good feedback. They are doing a public good. Yeah, he was like, you know, we weren't doing at first. It was tough times. The restaurant was new. We didn't know if we were going to make it. And then he's like, you know, here we are. We can give them fries. Nice. Give the people fries, which is really charitable and nice. It's good to, to hear from outside, you know, and then that helps make the decision. Did you ask him, like, how he feels about reviews personally. in general? Personally? Yeah, like, on a personal so level? he has dipped a toe into Yelp reviews. He says that he actually left a few reviews on Yelp back in the day. It was like telling people what I thought was the really good stuff to get at the junk Chinese shop or what spec is or... You know, it was things that I thought would be helpful. And then went to an event similar to the one that it sounds like Dominique went to that kind of converted her to a Yelp leader. Mm -hmm. And he was completely turned off by the experience. It was a deep 
self-obsessed narcissism, and I realized that that was not healthy. In my own personal It seems like he's life, really raging against the machine here. He feels like he is just feeding a company's hungry bot mm. and giving it data, and he doesn't like that. He, he, wants, he says something about how he wants it to be more long-form. I'm not into swipe left, swipe right, rate stars up, one down. I think Roger Ebert was amazing. Okay, That's well, the take some of the here. Yelp leaders write long-form. I know, I know. Apparently not the ones Benham reads. <laughs> Classic boy to have a principled stance based on limited experience. <laughs> But in addition to his own personal Yelp reviews that he has left, he mentioned that he uses Grubhub to do delivery for the restaurant that he owns. Mm -hmm. And Grubhub asks restaurant owners to review their own, I guess, contract delivery drivers. And he mentioned an experience where he had a Grubhub driver who was terrible. She was so rude and so mean. And she didn't have to wait more than four minutes for her food. He had a terrible experience with her. Apparently she was super rushed didn't really care about the service, and he was, like, not comfortable with her as a person. And I almost left her a negative review because you can review the drivers on Grubhub, a restaurant. And one of my staff members reminded me that that was some classist technologist bullshit and that even if this woman was rude and deserving of a poor review, why would we just play into that fucked up system? And that's kind of where you and I were coming from from the start of this episode. Yeah. It's like, we feel conflicted leaving reviews, particularly of people. That just feels cold. Yeah, totally. I mean, definitely it's a privileged position. I mean, people leave negative reviews of me on the internet constantly, but it in no way affects whether or not I get to keep my job. Right. Like if Neelai was like, you know what? Five bad comments. Done. Yeah. That'd be bad. Well, because like if you're talking about Uber drivers, it's not Neelai, right? It's a computer. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and that's what Benham is talking about, where he's like, we're just feeding this AI bot. Decisions are not being made by humans. I feel like we're in a sort of a dark time technologically. Anyway, so, speaking of humans. Yeah. So we have both sides here. I'm still kind of on this team of like, don't leave the bad reviews. But we're going to go talk to Yelp because I'm interested to hear how they think about reviews. Like they've created this world. They've contributed to it. So how mm-hmm. do they think about it? How do they organize their app? Yeah. And website. We'll try to push them on it a little bit. We'll try. Ask some hard questions. Yeah. Even though we like to be pleasant here. <laughs> Why don't you push that button? We're also journalists. Yeah. We're going to talk to Brian Boucher, the product manager of Contributions and Community. So after this break, Brian will not be here physically, but in our headphones. In the metaphorical hot seat via yes. Skype. And we'll be back. This week on The Pitch, we're back to pitches. And this one's coming from my job. What Podcast AI does is it lets podcast producers become 10 times more productive. How much are you charging The Pitch? (laughs) We're charging $99. And Josh came in right before we doubled our prices. Mm -hmm. What's keeping something like a restream from just going like, yep, we do all this AI now stuff too? So there's a lot of these older companies that are tacking on AI, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the issue. They're tacking it on. You built this really quickly. What's to stop anybody else from doing this? What's what's the moat? How do you build a moat when you're building with AI? That's this week on The Pitch. Go right now and subscribe to The Pitch wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, we are back. Caitlin and I are here, and we have a guest. 
Brian Beauchet, the product manager of contributions and community at Yelp. Hey, Brian. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So this episode, we're talking about leaving reviews, particularly of restaurants. And before we get knee-deep into Yelp and its strategies and how the product changes and all of that, can you just explain a little bit of what you do at Yelp? So as the product manager for contributions and community, I have kind of a, a two-fold job, but most of it centers around engaging Yelpers to participate on the platform. Uh, so I'm building uh, also very special experiences for our elite squad. And that's where like some of the community aspect comes into my job. What are the reasons that people use Yelp that you picked up on? So I think the, the three main ones that we tend to categorize most of the feedback we give, we get when we ask users why they contribute to Yelp. The first one is altruism, and that tends to be the biggest one. So there's this idea that uh, they've gotten so much out of Yelp and they want to give back to the community or their champions for their for their local community. And they want you know everyone around them to have the same great experiences that they're having. The, the second one is uh, experience. So these are your food journalers or your food bloggers or, or people who are really participating in Yelp mostly for, for their own benefit. So they just they like writing about their experiences. It's kind of like their, their experience diary, if you will. The third theme is, is very feedback driven. So thankfully, most of it is positive feedback, but it's, it's giving feedback either to uh, other people or, or mostly to, to the business themselves. So, you know, a thank you of, of what a great experience they had or some suggestions for, for improvement. Do people tend to come to Yelp for positive reviews or do you find this 50-50? Like if people have a negative uh, experience, they want to tell the world about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, thankfully, around 80% of the reviews on Yelp are either three, four, or five stars. So the feedback, the reviews on Yelp tend to skew very positive. Five star obviously being the, the biggest bucket of the three, four, and five stars when you sort of break it up. So yeah, I'm happy to say that, that most of the feedback is positive. So we talked to a restaurant owner. Yelp can be incredibly influential for whether people go to places or not. So I am wondering how you, one, maintain the integrity of the community. Like, you know, there's bots and all that stuff. So how you guys have addressed the integrity of the community? Yeah, the integrity of Yelp actually has always been a really important part of, of Yelp and, and has been there pretty much since, since day one. And we have... I'll say like a, a multifaceted approach to making sure that that quality stays high. So one of our, I'd say, more human lines of, of defense uh, is is that anyone can can report a review or, or that that they think violates our, our terms of service. So we actually get a, a good number of reports from both consumers and business owners saying, "Hey, I think that this this review violates your terms of service. Can you review it?" And someone on the Yelp side reviews it, and if the moderator agrees, then then that review gets removed. We also have recommendation software that looks at every single review that comes into Yelp and and tries to make a determination of whether that's uh, content that we we want to recommend. And then those recommended reviews are actually what then get displayed on the site and put into the, the star rating. 
We also have a program called the uh, Consumer Alert Program here at Yelp. And this is a program that if we find that, that someone is going through extreme efforts to sort of manipulate their, their star rating through like solicitation or attempts to purchase reviews or doing giveaways or other things that are against our terms of service, we let the consumer know. We just say, hey, there, there's something fishy about the reviews on this. They look like they're all coming from you know the same business owner or they all look influenced in some way. So just to let you know, kind of give them a heads up. And as a as a last resort, we we take legal action against businesses or you know reputation management companies. You mentioned bots that are using sort of illicit tactics to manipulate reviews. We've also done that in the past. When you're talking about reviewing something to see if it violates the terms of service, like what exactly does that mean? I would assume that you get contacted a lot by like restaurant owners or something being like, this didn't happen or like this photo is not accurate or something like things of that nature. What kind of verification process does that go through? Well, our moderators, they do their best to validate the claims by both, you know, the reviewer and the business owner. I mean, we look at like a lot of different factors. Obviously, if the business owner had really compelling evidence, it might be something that they can attach their case and then that can uh, influence the, the moderator's decision. Uh, or help amend their decision, I should say. But in, in most cases, like with photos, it might be a little bit easier. For example, if a person posts a photo that might be a little bit extreme or or not part of like a normal experience that someone would have a business at a business that we, for example, like the fly in the soup photo is, is one that we use as an example. Uh, we have the ability to not necessarily like delete that photo, but it wouldn't be a part of like the business's main photo carousel, but might still be attached to that person's review because it did reflect an experience that that individual had at a business, but might not be something we want to promote as like one of the main business photos, for example. Okay. Yeah. Prioritization is something that we were interested in. You clearly have Yelp Elite, badges, things like that. How do you prioritize what reviews show up first or what photos show up first? For photos, it's insanely complicated. And actually, I don't know as, as much about the photo piece. For reviews, it's a multifaceted kind of algorithm that looks at different parts of the review. Uh, I can tell you that the time is still a really big factor. Recency carries a lot of weight, we know, with consumers. And so the newest reviews tend to float to the top and older reviews tend to, to float to the bottom. There's some other things that also go into the weighting there. Obviously, our Yelp elite write some of the best content and some of the most trustworthy content, we think. And so we tend to showcase their contributions when we can. Um, so those are a, a couple of things that might affect the sorting. Uh, another thing that does happen as well is you can have friends and, and followers on Yelp. And so we know that you probably care about those people's reviews more than uh, someone you don't know. So if you have a friend, if you connected with someone on Yelp, um, we'll actually show you their content first, which is which is kind of nice. You you might go to a, a business that you've never been to before. Uh, and then all of a sudden you see like, hey, I, I know that person. Oh, hey, they've been here and here's their review. And so Yelp knows that that's kind of something that, that people like. And so we prioritize that as well. I don't know if you can answer this, but um, maybe you saw a while back, there was like this viral vice piece where this guy managed to make like a shed, the top rated restaurant. On yeah, the, the top rated restaurant in London. Yeah, on TripAdvisor. <laughs> yeah. That piece is like very riveting in that it seemed like it was pretty easy, even though Everybody who came to his shed obviously hated it because it was horrible. How would you explain like how that happened on TripAdvisor versus like 
Like, could that happen on Yelp? Uh, I'd like to say that it couldn't happen on Yelp. As as far as your other question, how it happened on TripAdvisor, I, you'd probably have to get a product manager from TripAdvisor on the show to answer that. They might not want to, but I think that article made the rounds internally just to kind of to keep us aware of our mission, uh, why it's so important to keep the integrity of the content on the site uh, at the forefront of everyone's minds. I mean, you know, we have our team that's that runs sort of the recommendation software, uh, but obviously that everyone, it's kind of everyone's job at Yelp to make, to make sure that, that we stay trustworthy and that an article like that never really comes out about Yelp. They've done comparative studies of different sites trying to, to game the system. And, uh, and most of those Yelp ends up doing fairly well. So we, we want to continue to see that uh, and continue to promote that uh, in the, sort of the reviewing community. How do you deal with angry restaurant owners? Do you just say like engage with the community or? Uh, well, we do have like a, a, a biz outreach team whose job it is to understand business owners, kind of where that that anger is coming from. And, and then hopefully channel that back into a, into a positive way, either through, you know, product changes or, or at least outreach to make sure that the meme is out there that, that Yelp's, you know, doing what it, what it can and we're not out to, to, you know, crush small business or anything like that. Uh, as far as being angry, I mean, it's, it's kind of a natural human tendency that you're going to focus, even if you've got hundreds of positive reviews, those couple of negative reviews are, are going to keep you up at night, especially if those negative reviews you feel like are unfair. So sometimes it's, it's just it's hard. It's a hard thing. It's just a it's a human tendency to, to, to focus on that. And obviously, if there's some constructive criticism in there, if there's something that the business owner can use to help fix something that's wrong with their business, obviously, then we, we encourage them to do that. Uh, we encourage them to, to engage with the reviewer. Even last week, uh, I wrote a review for a business and it's still a five-star review, but in the business, I was like, hey, uh, the thing you sold me was was kind of expensive. And the business owner reached out. They used the, the free tools where they can uh, direct message the reviewer. And they said, hey, just to let you know, it was a little bit more expensive because we were actually selling you a professional grade item that you can't find at like a Home Depot. And uh, the installer should have told you that. And we're sorry if he didn't. And I was like, oh, great. That's that that's actually really great to hear. And I would have never kind of gotten that peace of mind had I not written the review and then had the business owner uh, reply to me. And then I went back and sort of edited the review based on that information to be a little bit more fair. Again, it didn't affect the the star rating, but allowed me to sort of clarify my review. And, and it's like, wow, that's that was a really cool interaction that you know, if a business owner is participating in the community, they can they can have. So yeah, that's a that's an example from my own personal experience with that. Yeah, it's funny because there's a restaurant in my neighborhood in their bathroom post every negative Yelp review they've ever gotten. Oh. So that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like it's wallpaper? It's like or? a wall of negative Yelp reviews, yeah. I think, yeah, I think I saw once that, that someone turned them into T-shirts. I think there was like a pizza place that put their one-star review about how their pizza had a lot of grease on it and they made it into a into a T-shirt. So it's great. I mean, it, obviously, there's a, it's great when business owners can can take those and put a positive spin on them or, uh, you know, whatever catharsis they, they need to. Like I said, it's a, it's a hard human problem to deal with with negative feedback, whether it's a restaurant or obviously when you put your heart and soul into your business and it is, it's like, you don't want to hear bad things about it. I don't do ratings anywhere unless I'm using like a ride trap app and then I automatically give five stars. Cause I feel like there's like a weird, there's a difference in stakes. Like even if I have a kind of bad dinner, like should I be 
like impacting someone's livelihood over that. I don't know. Like I, I certainly wouldn't give anyone left less than five stars on a rideshare app unless they like physically accosted me or something. Cause it just, I don't know to, to me, like the, the difference in like my stakes of like spending $10 on a cheeseburger that wasn't that good versus like a small business owner's stakes of their family's life, not being able to pay for their lease. To me, I guess I can't imagine the incentive to write a negative review unless something like deeply, deeply horrifying happened. I mean, and that actually stops, I would say, a lot of people from writing a review. We've done a lot of kind of internal studies of both like what would stop someone who say checked in at a business and didn't write a review. So like we we know that they've been there and like why haven't they followed up and written a review or someone who's written like one or two reviews and then we don't see them for a long time. And this idea that's like, you know, I, I haven't had anything extraordinary happen to me at a business where I'd want to leave that review or or you know I had a a bad experience, but I, I'd, I'd still like to go there again before I like I would ever write anything negative. So uh, at least from the people that we survey, we know that that's out there. Obviously, that there are some negative reviews on Yelp. So maybe everyone doesn't have that that strong of a filter. But you're not alone in this idea of wanting to be really, really sure for giving that feedback. I'm curious how often you see people naming like specific employees of a business in their reviews, because that would be I worked in a mall food court for like five years. It would be my worst nightmare for my boss to be like, oh, this Yelp review says Caitlin was rude or something like and it's also impossible to I don't know what am I going to do like call that person and back to the mall food court and and talk it out in front of him. I don't know. Like that seems like a risky situation to me, too. Right. For me, anecdotally, most of the time people are that are calling people out in reviews, it seems to be to that they're they're trying to reward them. They love their server. They had a great experience with someone at a local business. And and so they want to, you know, give props or, or sort of reward that person. And obviously that that's really great to see. And and if you are an employee, hopefully you you like seeing your name in, in that context. But yeah, the, the negative context would be more unfortunate. So generally, how do you feel review apps, like just reviews in general, like the fact that anyone can review anyone else for a lot of different things has changed the dynamic between consumers and and the business owners. Like how do you, like do you like that new dynamic or how do you feel toward it or how do you think it's changed? Yeah, I, I think the dynamic has increased consumers as a whole ability to trust unproven things. So brands were incredibly important, are still incredibly important, but with review sites, be them Yelp or TripAdvisor or Amazon, I, I think people can ideally trust the the underlying product a lot more when they see it. It, it does have a, a, a huge positive response behind it. And so as a consumer, uh, I'm more likely to be more adventurous in my eating habits because I don't have to be as concerned going in. Am I going to have a good experience at this at this new restaurant when I'm purchasing something online that I can't feel or touch or or maybe it's, you know, one of, of a bunch of products. At least I know that enough people have, have found it uh, useful. I think also the the metadata that comes along with reviews is is really important and something where, where Yelp shines as well. Like I use this feature called search within reviews a, a lot on Yelp because uh, I have a, a one year old now and I, and I like to get a sense of how other parents feel about it. So I can actually search for the word kids or toddler on a restaurant and and hear from reviewers who, who brought their kids. And so they can talk about the kids menu or things like that. And so even just beyond just the star rating, 
I'm able to go much, much deeper just because there's this open text review product now that's out there uh, for, for businesses and for products and all the like. So on the whole, I do think that it's really increased the transparency and also like the adventurousness of the, the common consumer. So that was Brian. Kaylin, do you have any change of heart about reviews after this? You know, I think, honestly, if anyone changed my mind, it wasn't Brian. It was Dominique. Because she really seemed to be thinking about reviews in the best way possible, which is, like, to perform a useful service for her fellow New Yorkers. Which is, like, you know, when we, like, look around for a happy hour to go to, sometimes I read the Yelp reviews because they'll say, like, oh, it's only until seven or it only includes one very gross wine and then I'm like okay I'll go somewhere else because I have a million choices so if you're thinking about it that way and you're really just like trying to help people like find something good to spend their money on like we don't all have a ton of expendable income that's what Benham was using it for when he left some reviews he was like I just used it to kind of point out things on the menu that people might not be aware of that or like help explain the menu even right yeah that side of it is cool the whole like structure of like the Yelp elite thing with the like the parties and the perks and the, like the community that's like moderated by the Yelp employees. I don't know if I need that. Yeah. I don't know if we need to be like making that big of a fuss over it. But right, but the restaurants cool. want to give them free things mm-hmm. so that they encourage positive vibes. Sure. We I mean, need an ethics policy. Yeah, here. that's what I'm saying. This sounds a little bit like like bribing uh, amateur journalists, but <laughs> well, whatever. I guess it's how the world works, you know. I liked talking to Brian because for me I do use Yelp a lot like I I definitely always check Yelp when I go somewhere and yes being a tech writer I realize there is thought behind the app like we do this podcast I'm aware of that mm-hmm. but I think to an average user it could seem like huh like I don't I don't think the average user is wondering why a photo is showing up versus and why this comment is showing up like I don't think they're wondering that so for me to hear a little bit about how they use an algorithm to determine what photos look the best. They want to make sure it's not your burger in the dark, which I'm sure mm-hmm. plenty of Yelp photos are. Also making sure the reviews, it seems like most of the reviews, at least anecdotally, have been positive when I go on. Like they don't surface the negative ones right up front. But you right. can filter for that and you can filter for, and I do this, if I know I want to try a particular dish, I search for it. If I want a specific thing, I'm looking for it in the reviews. Right, yeah. We also learned that like, like Yelp Elite's reviews, like their writing is weighted to show up higher on the list, but like their star rating doesn't have any more weight than anybody else's star rating. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you do have to be invested in reading the writing to get the benefit of that. Yeah. And you know what? I do think it's important that they invest in their community. Like Facebook doesn't invest in communities. It mm-hmm. hasn't. Twitter doesn't invest in its community. And they have horrible, horrific problems. They're a different platform. But, like, bots and things like that could take over Yelp, too. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like investing in the community, building this good energy there and getting a group of people who actually are excited about the product seems important. Now, here's where we admit that this entire episode was just um, an elaborate ploy to make you stop giving us bad reviews in the iTunes store. Yeah. (laughs) Think about us and our faces and our voices the next time you're considering saying it's a bunch of girl talk happening here. Yes. Oh, One man. star girl talk. <laughs>
It's going to be the name of our uh, debut album for our girl band. One Star Girl Talk. I yeah. like it. Let us know. Leave us a good review. Email us at buttonattheverge.com. Follow mm-hmm. us on Twitter. Caitlin's at K-A-I-T underscore Tiffany. I'm at Ashley R. Carmen. All right. Bye. Bye. I love you.